Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. I'm telling you, if you're not using this Durachill, you're not really in the pot business. You're just on the fringe of it. So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Durachill in your life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong. Brought to you by PolyScience. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Brooke Bergstaller, content creator, actor, and comedian, and also just a delightful person to talk to. She recently launched Budding Mind, a wellness and lifestyle blog focused on holistic health. While cannabis has been a big part of Bergstaller's journey, her true passion is acting. As the host of World of Weed, she flexes her skills in both journalism and acting while providing quality edutainment to millions of online viewers. Brooke? So I'm a fan of World of Weed. Um <laughs> You're relaying tons of cool information, and I think it's awesome that what you studied really translates perfectly um, for kind of relaying the information the way that you do. Um, broadcast journalism and and theater is kind of a perfect fit. It's kind of hysterical. I wanted, well, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to be an actress right out of high school. Thank God my parents were more intelligent than I was at that stage of my life, and <laughs> forced me to go to college you know they forced me to go to Miami to study school uh <laughs> but I'm very <laughs> grateful that they really encouraged education because I think those years from like you know 18 to 21 you're just so dumb and you really don't know how to I didn't know how to operate in the world so very grateful for college and um I I still thought when I graduated that I would never use my broadcast journalism degree it's like, there's no way I'm going to go be an actress. And uh, well, long story short, you said it, Patricia, my how things have circled back <laughs> right to where they began. But I'm very grateful to be not only putting my degrees to use, but to be putting them to use in a very unique and niche way that, you know, you, Miami Brooke, would never have been able to expect. I thought Maybe if I was using broadcast journalism, maybe I'd be on local news in like Omaha somewhere. Uh, but, <laughs> but instead, I get to talk about cannabis and it is, uh, yeah, it's one of my great joys in life. That's, that's for sure. Well, so, and it, it's working beautifully together now, but when you look at the two, they don't necessarily seem to go inside. So what kind of drew you to the cannabis space? Uh, to be perfectly honest, my relationship with cannabis started as a consumer and an avid consumer at that. <laughs> yeah. sure. I think people can relate to that. I think most people in this industry. Yeah. So that's really, I, I developed an authentic relationship and adoration and respect for the plant simply as a consumer. And when I moved out to Los Angeles, I was looking for work and someone connected me with a producer at Mary Jane, which is Snoop Dogg's media company. And uh, in a very traditional audition process, I 
you know, I, I auditioned for the job. I wrote a cannabis news story and I went into the office and I pitched my pitch. And that first opportunity working on Mary Jane News was what broke open my mind to an understanding that this was a possible career path for me. And it all just has snowballed from there. And um, that first opportunity really does seem like many, many, many moons ago. And even the transition from just the quality of storytelling and the depth of information available then to now is, is mind boggling. Oh yeah. Quite a a trip. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and so you've actually added um, a lot of cool information to the space, I think, especially something you did with Mary Jane media um, when you did prisoners of prohibition. Um, So that earned a golden telly. I think it's a super important story to tell. Um, What kind of surprised you most while you were making that, that series? So, you know, I really appreciate when people bring that project up because uh, as a creative person, I'm always on to the next project. So I love to be reminded of these things (laughs) that I uh, once so passionately worked on. And I would say at the time, I think it was like 2017 that we made that, 2018. What's wild is that, I I kid you not, there was just nothing on the internet. There was was no like a leading source or organization that I could turn to, to verify or vet information. Frankly, it was difficult for me to even find statistical information of how many people are in jail for weed? How many people are serving life for cannabis? Like these numbers were really loose. There wasn't anyone that had really directed their focus with the exception of ACLU um, on on like hammering in these, these data points. So it was an interesting time of trying to, yeah, so- source the correct information. And at that time, Last Prisoner Project, Cage Free Cannabis, a lot of these organizations that in the cannabis space we've all come to know did not exist. So I worked largely with Amy Pova, who to me is like one of the OG cannabis activists. She is the founder and um, she runs Can Do Clemency, which is clemency for all non-violent drug offenders can do. Oh, very clever. And um, I worked very closely with her and a couple of cannabis lawyers, um, Bruce Margolin being one of them, to really gel together this story. And I'm not crediting myself in any way as being the first to put this out there. It just was, it was an era in the cannabis space where it was a new story. And so there was something very exciting about that from a journalistic perspective. And then something very daunting about that from like, a, is anyone going to care about this? Mm. Uh, and frankly, with Mary Jane, uh, it was a Mary Jane production, but we tried to find wider distribution, whether it be on TV or just uh, on a YouTube channel or trying to find sponsorship from a cannabis brand. And we talked to many, many, many cannabis brands that are still around today and they were not interested in the project. And I just, I think people weren't ready for it. (laughs) And frankly, I remember hosting a a screening of of the docuseries (laughs) and we were so lucky. We did have someone, a cannabis brand sponsor the screening. They provided cannabis. Everyone was smoking joints. And then we went into the screening of the of the show. And I was like, oh, 
oh, these things don't exactly mesh well. Like the story of people serving life for cannabis is not something you want to like get high and happy to. Um, I mean, yeah, I know it's, but it was a a really big learning moment for me that it it is quite, um, I don't know the word for it. I don't want to say like buzzkill, but not in a bad way. It's an important buzzkill. Like anyone that smokes weed needs to have that buzzkill to have that understanding and that connection and that realization to um, the origin of their ability to be freely consuming cannabis. And so, yeah, that project was really near and dear to my heart. There were a lot of people that we interviewed who are now freed. Oh, that's uh, Paul, Corvin Cooper. Um, yeah, the list goes on. So anytime I see one of these people that I was corresponding with in prison through core links, when I see their name pop up that they've been released from prison, I'm always in like sobbing my eyes out, which is funny because apart from this, I have really fortunately no connection with the prison industrial complex of them being, you know, anti. Um, but I, my heart feels very, very connected to these individuals. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, life, life in prison is a death sentence and to be serving time in prison for a plant that someone like me is able to buy in pretty pastel pink packaging is like, I can't imagine the mind fuckery that these people must be experiencing on the day to day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I really appreciate um, your insights on that because I think there's a strong, yeah, it's like, what, what is the right word? There's this, disconnect between the realities of of people serving prison sentences for doing exactly what people are doing now legally um, and they're still in there and it's it hasn't been applied retroactively for the mass majority of people who are serving these sentences so telling those stories is super important and it's kind of hard to get the information out of there because i think when you're talking to consumers they're like yeah you know but let's have some fun and smoke some weed. And it's, um, it's harder to get the real information out there sometimes, but that's what I appreciate about what you're doing in these little digestible bits um, for social media and doing web content creation, because it gives people information in a way that they can digest and they don't have to, you know, get bummed out or overladen with information, <laughs> but they can still learn and, and do so in a, an accessible way. Um, so on that topic, I'd love to know, since you kind of specialize in creating this multimedia content around cannabis, um, what are some of the more challenging aspects of, of creating web content around cannabis? Because it's federally illegal. It's hard to, to get you know, it picked up by Google and all these things. What are the challenges you face? Probably a lot of the same ones you face, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) You have a great story and it can't reach many ears, but I, yeah. So I primarily make content for the digital spaces when it comes to cannabis, because, well, we don't see a lot of cannabis content on TV because advertisers aren't ready to put their dollars behind anything of that nature. That's not just, that's my goal, of course. I am so excited 
to be representing this plant on national television someday soon. And not even just from a news perspective, but from just a totally mainstream, like just conversational um, creative uh, point of view. So that day is coming, but yes, I am now sentenced to the digital realms and um, <laughs> it's, it's both <laughs> the safe space and, you know, comes with its own basket of, of issues. I often make, so for World of Weed, for Buddy Mind, for my own personal Instagram pages, that's primarily where I exist, create super short form little nuggets of edutainment. That's what I call them. And never have I been able to advertise any of the content. Um, my opportunity for an audience is based off of people who organically find me or when people share my content, maybe I'll gain some new followers that way. But I've had plenty of ads shut down. Um, I can't get a video on TikTok to save my life because they don't allow for cannabis content unless you're generation z and you know how to work that system <laughs> better than i do uh, but, um yeah it's uh it's both a beautiful thing and and then it gets very disheartening i've had plenty of friends i don't know if cannabis and tech has ever experienced this but i'm currently shadow banned on budding mind uh that much i'm sure of and so tell yeah. me what what does that mean shadow banned Ugh, it means I was a ding dong and I used a hashtag that I shouldn't have. And Instagram has put me into IG prison. Um, ah. Yeah. So, you know, the traditional ways that someone uses a social media platform in order to get their message out there, maybe they'll tag, tag whoever, they'll use hashtags, they'll mm -hmm. use advertisements, all those things in the cannabis space weren't able to do. And when it comes to budding mind, which is very PG, health oriented, conscious consumeristic cannabis content. Um, nevertheless, you do one wrong thing and the algorithm knows. And so you're not allowed to talk about cannabis on Instagram, even though plenty of people do. Mm. And I used um, hashtag cannabis community over and over again. And I believe I'm being punished for it at the moment. Um, sometimes it, it's difficult to know, but nevertheless, you know, I have I have other avenues of expression, and being in this in this space, much like you know, trying to be an actor or or pursuing the creative fields in general, uh, you can't take a no as a no. <laughs> right. You yeah, just have to that. say that's a no from you okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a real, real issue in this space. Um, and we've definitely run into that at cannabis and tech today and YouTube on Instagram, any of the platforms, you know, trying to get around, how do I discuss this thing? That's super important that almost 40 States have embraced. Um, people want to know about it. They've got questions. How do I do that without saying what I'm talking about. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> so I, I get that. And I think, um, you know, big Mike and advanced nutrients, they've, um, been kind of artful about it. He's, he's one of the few creators that's been able to keep, um, that kind of stream of content going, which is awesome. Um, how'd you kind of, how did you connect with, with big Mike and advanced nutrients? 
Oh my. Well, firstly, I love Big Mike. He is like a big teddy bear covered in Keith. He's a Croatian king. Um, (laughs) I started working with Advanced Nutrients and with Big Mike on a program called The Next Marijuana Millionaire, which was created. It was Big Mike's brainchild and it was a reality entrepreneurship game show much like oh god what's the don't want to say his name in this interview what's the celebrity apprentice the apprentice meets shark tank meets something else and so (laughs) um I was big mike's co-host on that show and so we had I think there were like 10 or 12 episodes with a bevy of different cannabis entrepreneurs, all people representing their own brands. And they all came to compete for the chance to work with Big Mike on some lofty contract. And that, I mean, that was the most fun I've ever had on a production because obviously like we're talking reality TV. So it's definitely going to be a cast of kooks, but then you throw in people who have cannabis brands. (laughs) (laughs) who are these humans that you pulled from all corners of the planet? And (laughs) they were magic. It was a magical time. And I absolutely adored working on the project. And it was, to me, the show was on the leading edge. And, um, you know, for reasons I, honestly, I don't actually know because I was talent. I wasn't part of the actual production and, and distribution side of things, but the show never made it to air. Because, well, no one wanted to put the dollars behind it. So we shot this whole big production. And then it was just laid to rest eventually, which is how a lot of things in the entertainment space go and a lot of things in the cannabis space go. So Mm -hmm. I, for one, wasn't exactly surprised. um, But a lot of the people that have worked on the show were new to the entertainment field. So they were really, really shocked. And um, a lot of, I think broken hearts over the whole situation but you know you keep on keeping on and who knows maybe one day that show will be on the air uh when when people when networks when higher-ups are ready to make the plunge but it just was a little bit too soon I think for that but in any case that stemmed a beautiful relationship between me and advanced nutrients and started making content with them hence world of weed I love that. And I think, you know, Big Mike's always been a visionary. He was way into this world of weed before anyone else was. Um, it's yeah. kind of his whole whole deal. So maybe we shouldn't be that surprised that that didn't pan out yet. But I guarantee <laughs> there will be content like that. And probably that very content will be reinvigorated at some point in the future because it's starting to get more mainstream i like seeing you know like uh what was it chopped 420 they did you know they're trying oh my god yeah they're trying to get it out there (laughs) but i think it might take some time i love that direction of cannabis content because i think you know even from the news standpoint like eventually you don't run out of stories but cannabis is a fairly niche sector so i'm really intrigued by contributing cannabis to intersecting industries and areas of content and seeing how there can be programming that incorporates cannabis, but isn't solely about cannabis. Because I think when you make it solely about 
cannabis and cannabinoids and growing and sativa versus indigo and all these different things and terpenes, it starts to become too much information for the average human being who mm. might not be a cannabis consumer. But when it's cannabis and cooking or cannabis and entrepreneurship or what have you, I think you you open your arms to a wider scope of people who then might be turned on to um, changing their perspective perspectives around weed. Yeah, I think that's probably super accurate. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more more content come out like that. And I think I think technology and the way that we're able to use it to convey information right now is probably a big part of why cannabis became legalized at all, you know, because we can share that information to, to such a wider audience and help people learn and understand. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you found that, that using technology as a platform is, is helping to educate the masses? Oh yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's all I really have besides conversations with my community. These, you know, the digital platforms that I just took a shit on, I also am so grateful for them for (laughs) (laughs) in any capacity, allowing me to express my reverence for this plant and to distill information from the other voices of this industry um, out to a, a broader, broader audience. And, you know, medicinal technology, uh, has also really, to me, I believe that the medicinal benefits of cannabis are also a large part of why we're able to have this conversation today. And um, the like various studies verifying the claims that people have made that cannabis has helped them heal in whatever ways is what has legitimized this plant. And, you know, I believe that medical cannabis is what has enabled recreational cannabis and will continue to do so. That's to me, that's the only reason we're able to have these conversations. Yeah, I could agree with that. Let's talk about um, your wellness startup. So budding mind, what's your, what's your vision for it? What are you hoping to do with it? Oh my goddess. Well, (laughs) budding mind is my, my heart and soul. And I am so excited you know, you know, it's really interesting because I'm also at this age uh, right now. I feel like I'm sometimes at a crossroads with social media, the, the blessing and the curse of it all. The fact that I was able to build a brand and gain somewhat of a following in this digital realm um, is a blessing. And the curse is that sometimes I'm stuck inside of my phone, just like scrolling, doom scrolling, uh, <laughs> trying to build this brand. So really finding the balance and all of it. Um, I would love for budding mind to one day expand outside of those digital spaces, of course, whether it be through events or through our own non-plant touching projects. I don't necessarily uh, plan on getting involved in any plant touching avenues right now, but as a human being who, who really like reverences a word that just keeps coming up for me with this plant, I bow down to this plant in so many ways and the opportunities that she has provided for me and the community and the work and the relationships and all these things that have stemmed from from cannabis and so budding mind is my way of giving back to this plant and encouraging people 
to view cannabis through the lens of wellness. And as like silly as a word, as we've made wellness to be, it's the best word I have for it. The conscious relationship with your consumption, um, the, and, and how that stems that, that conscious consumption expands outside of your relationship with cannabis. It expands to what you're putting in your body, what you're eating, um, a conscious relationship with everything that we do in life. But when it comes to weed, I really want to see people having the most healthy relationship with the plant as possible. And when I was growing up, a lot of what I saw in the cannabis space, a lot of the images I saw or the people represented in the space they didn't look like me. Um, they weren't like me. There was like one archetype of a stoner and it was typically someone who was male or very masculine and grungy and maybe had on like a flat brim hat and was like smoking a fat blunt and <laughs> kind of like, yeah, kind of like that high times, like ugh, era of um, your jeans yeah. are too big for you. And I don't know when you've showered last. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That stereotype is pervasive. It was. And so Buddy Mine was really born out of the idea of wanting to perpetuate imagery and um, and the likeness of the cannabis consumer like me. And um, I don't necessarily mean like a white female. I mean, someone who cares about what they do in life and how they interact with the things around them and how they can be mindful about their purchases, mindful about what they support, mindful about how they behave towards other people. And um, cannabis is just like another thing in the grand scheme of that lifestyle. And um, yeah, yeah, I hope that answers your question. I don't know. It's, it's just my expression of adoration and devotion for this little leaf that has done so many things for me. And I see a lot of people particularly when we used to go to cannabis events like over consuming or ripping dabs or um, smoking joints rolled in keef and shatter of wax and all these things and like that's great and there are people that love that and that there's a lane for that um, but I am really in love with the softer side of cannabis and that's what she does for me she makes me soft and I love that. Wow. I think I'm so glad you shared that in that way. I think there's definitely that story that needs to be told is you can overconsume, you can um, choose to go really extreme with it, or you can, you know, not use it at all. But there is an, an entire ecosystem of people who incorporate it as part of their wellness. Um, and I think that is a story that needs to be told so that people can see it as that it doesn't have to be a party drug or something that you do wholeheartedly or um, become this persona to use. It can be part of your wellness. So I can really yes. appreciate that. I have a friend, uh, Hannah Mason, she founded lit yoga and she told me she's an herbologist as well. And she said, I want to put cannabis back in the medicine cabinet where it belongs. Word. Yeah. Well that. said. Right. Yeah. I started keeping mine in the, well, at least my, <laughs> at least some of my products in the medicine cabinet. Really? That's so cute. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, See, it's got so much potential. Right. And so, you know, and 
I guess I was thinking about um, your acting career. You've you've been acting in in some really cool stuff on TV, and I think about sort of the sadly remaining stigma around cannabis. Do you ever worry that you might get pigeonholed a little bit, or that it might affect like the kind of roles you're offered? Oh, totally. Yeah, and I have no idea if it has had any effect on my acting career so far, but totally. Again, when I first moved out to LA, it was in pursuit of an acting career. And I started working at Mary Jane and I remember telling my parents and they were totally disapproving and they Mm -hmm. made me swear not to tell anyone. And I didn't post about it or share any of my work for a long time. Um, You could call that shame. (laughs) All right. No, I feel you. I get it. Yeah, so I, I was really careful. And then eventually, it was really when I was working on Prisoners of Prohibition where I was like, why would I not be proud of this? Why would, why would I not want to use my audience and my community to spread this story? And that really flipped the switch for me and made me realize like, you know, cannabis is not just about getting high. It is, there's a political movement and political awareness that is inherent to having a relationship with this plant. And there should be no shame around being a more aware person. Um, But nevertheless, I have, you know, I'm still pursuing acting and uh, well, it's a slow roll, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) The tough field, you chose a tough field. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll call it. Uh, And who knows, who knows how things will, will pan out, but I have a hard time, you know, shaking off what it is I want to do in this world. But I had someone tell me recently, they were like, well, what if this, this new job that I have or, or an acting, what if they're not okay with you smoking cannabis? And then that person was like, well, why would you want to work for that company anyways? Like if that's who you are, if cannabis is a part of who you are, then why would you want something that makes you change who you are? And um, frankly, at this point, I think if you Googled me, it'd be a little difficult to skirt around the fact that I'm a cannabis <laughs> advocate. So uh, maybe that, that ship has sailed for me having the decision. Um, it's at the ball of my court. But yeah, you know, I've, I've sown my seeds and I think more power to me for unabashedly being an advocate for this plant and um whatever comes or doesn't come my way because of my relationship with it then like you know that's just another chapter in the book yeah I say that now because I'm in a really good mood but (laughs) (laughs) right no I I feel you 100 it's difficult to be in um in a position where you're you're a public facing representative of something cannabis related and you you know that there's more to you than that but it's it's yeah. what it is you know you gotta and you want to tell the story too there's so much to tell about it and you just wish you could be like but don't be a dick like don't judge me for it yeah, don't <laughs> judge me and, and and yeah like you said there there is more to me than uh my love for this plant but sometimes that is (laughs) the leading (laughs) the leading edge (laughs) well so tell me what what's next for you what have you got coming up on the horizon oh my well I have my budding mind podcast which 
is starting to like pick up speed in the new year. I'm very excited. I have a long roster of my interviewees and I'm really, really stoked. And I'm very dedicated to, uh, to, to the process of podcasting, which is a lot harder than I realized, right. uh, <laughs> but, but it's, it's a good, good challenge. And I'm really excited about this podcast because it does enable to expand and enables me to expand my conversations outside of just cannabis. Uh, a lot of people I talk to, of course, are, are in this space. And there's a lot of brilliant minds and thought leaders that I want to talk to who work within the cannabis universe. But there's a lot of people, um, you know, acupuncturists and shamans and microdosing experts and so on and so forth that I think are all related it's all it's all related to me and fits under this umbrella of the expansion of self and of consciousness and of um, your potentiality and so I'm really really stoked on my podcast you can find it on iTunes and Spotify and uh, I also have some adorable I have a, a tangible that's what I'll call it I have a tangible thing that is going to be born into the world, hopefully in 2022. And um, I've been sworn to secrecy on that, but very, very excited. And I'm working on that with my partner. It is, um, it's a, it's a very creative collaborative project that people will be able to hold in their hands. So that's, that's a really wild thing that when you have an idea, it could actually be made manifest. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, this life, I tell you, and beyond that, you know, I'm going to keep on keeping on, keep on making my cannabis content and trying to be the best voice for this plant that I can be and the most positive representation of a cannabis consumer I can be that doesn't scare away the moms and the politicians. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's on my docket. Where can people go to follow what you're doing and learn more about what projects you've got coming up and figure out what this tangible thing is that you're going to release at some point? Well, as I've mentioned many times, I exist in the digital spaces. So you can find me primarily on Instagram at Brooke Stellar and at Budding Mind. And if you're ultra curious, you can find me at World of Weed News. And that's a lot of apps. So maybe I'll stop there. <laughs> that's awesome well i had so much fun chatting with you um i'm really excited to share this with our audience i think they're gonna get a lot from it and um before we we call it a day is there anything you'd like to touch on that maybe we didn't hit you know i think i'm golden i can't tell you how much i appreciate your time patricia this is you know it's always beautiful to connect with another person in the space and also talk about my favorite plant on the planet so thank you for the, <laughs> the chance to express probably a little less coherently than one would have hoped but <laughs> thank you no no there's killer insights i'm so to share um <laughs> for all of our listeners out there if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to follow like and subscribe to cannabis tech talks on apple iHeartRadio, stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can pick up our latest issue on barnes and noble newsstands across the country or get it online for free for Brooke Bergstaller and Patricia Miller, this has been Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience.